helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, Seven Covert Types of Gaslighting. I will I highlight these not so commonly known and subtle forms of gaslighting by which narcissists and other manipulators manipulate people into having their own way. But before I go into those seven types of gaslighting, let me say uh, a little bit about how the term gaslighting came about and what it means. The term gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person is manipulated into doubting their perception of reality, their memory, or a course of action that they have decided to embark on. And the term is derived from the 1940s movie in which the husband in the movie had a plot to convince his wife and others that she was becoming delusional. So he would manipulate circumstances and uh move things around in such a way to convince her that she she didn't have a grasp on reality. And so that term has now become a part of psychological literature where the term gaslighting is used to speak of manipulators who tried to get others to doubt their perception of reality, to doubt their memory, or to just confuse them in ways that allows the manipulator to have his or her own way. And so we're going to be talking about the, the seven covert types of gaslighting. And I use the word covert because uh, the term gaslighting has become popular, as I have said before, and there there is a lot that has been said about gaslighting. But these subtle forms of gaslighting are not well known, and these are the ways by which uh, manipulators manipulate others without them even realizing that they are being manipulated. But let me say that this show that we're going to be doing today, it's not just an exercise uh, you know, to, to help you to understand something in a theoretical way. It's actually something that could save your life or the life of a friend because many people who are subjected to long-term gaslighting they develop anxiety they develop depression they develop uh, mental illnesses and some even become suicidal and some have committed suicide so gaslighting have very serious long-term effects so it's important that these covert types these seven covert types of gaslighting be understood And let me say that even though the term gaslighting is relatively new in psychological literature, gaslighting has been around since the dawn of time. We find the first recorded incident in literature of of gaslighting in the third book of Genesis. And this is where the serpent, the devil in the form of the serpent, appears to Eve and said, Has God really said you should not eat from any tree in this garden? So in other words, 
In other words, what the serpent was doing, what the devil was doing, was trying to get Eve to doubt her reality, her perception, her recollection of what God had said to her. And we know how that story turned out, because when Eve did not fall to that ploy and and uh, said, yes, God did in fact say we can eat of any tree, but not in the tree of the midst of the garden. The devil switched his gaslighting tactics and so tried to convince her that God had bad motives for denying her to eat, her and Adam to eat from the tree because God knows that the day that they eat of that tree, they will become as God. So that's just an outright lie that the devil is telling and that's a form of gaslighting. But those forms of gaslighting are easily spotted because, you know, if, if you know what someone has said then and you have heard it, it's very hard for someone to convince you otherwise that it did not happen. But there are these subtle forms, these covert forms of gaslighting that has very serious long-term effects if they're not spotted. And the first kind of gaslighting is where uh, what what I call the role reversal the role reversal technique. And this is where the narcissist manipulate you. The narcissist has hurt you and they manipulate you in such a way that instead of them apologizing to you for what they did, they speak to you in such a way and they say things that get you to apologize to them instead. And so that's a very tricky situation because people who are caught in this situation does do not realize what is happening to them because they feel guilty. They are made to feel guilty by the narcissist. And as a result, they end up apologizing and feeling that they are in the wrong. So let me give you an example of how the role reversal technique that is used by narcissists works. So Karen and John, this is just a hypothetical situation. Let's say Karen and, and John, they're in a relationship and John is at the uh, the Christmas party of his workplace and he has taken Karen to this party. Karen knows no one at his workplace. This is her first time. They're seated at the table and somewhere as the evening progresses, uh, John gets up and he starts dancing with a co-worker on the dance floor. Karen thinks to herself, this is going to be a short, you know, maybe a short dance. Maybe he has something to say to the co-worker and he'll be back shortly. But John goes on dancing for about an hour, after which he walks away with the co-worker and they're having a private conversation. And Karen is at the table feeling alone and rejected and she's fuming. She's hurting. So on the way home, Karen is angry. How could you do that to me? You left me there sitting for hours and made me feel rejected and alone. And she's expecting that John would be sorry and would apologize having no, having expressed her hurt. But instead, John, uh, if he's using this role reversal technique, will say something like this. You think you're hurt? What about my pain? You sat there the entire 
evening and did not come and dance with me. As a matter of fact, all of my co-workers have been asking me, what's wrong with you, with your date? Why she's sitting at the table by herself? And so uh, Karen becomes confused and she's so, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to make you feel that I didn't want to dance with you. I just thought that, you know, you would come back to the table. And, and so Karen now, the role reversal is now she's apologizing. She thought that she would get an apology, but she ends up apologizing. So if you find yourself in a situation where, or in a relationship, I should say, where you are always apologizing when you think you have been hurt, it is quite likely that the person you are with is a narcissist and that they're using the role reversal technique where they become the victim when they are in fact the one who is doing the hurting. And so that's the first technique and pay attention to that because it's not a well-known gaslighting technique. The second technique is what I call the denial of emotion technique. So an example of this would be where someone who is hurting in a relationship goes to their narcissistic partner and said, I am unhappy. I am unhappy in this relationship and I feel like I'm at my breaking point. And so they're expecting that the person would be understanding and would show some kind of empathy. But instead, in the denial of emotion uh, strategy that is used by a narcissist, the narcissist will say, you are not unhappy. You're not unhappy about the relationship. You're unhappy about your job. It's because of all that is going on at work. You have been under a lot of stress lately. It's because of COVID. And the narcissist will blame a series of other things that might sound even feasible given the circumstances. Or in some cases, it might be, it's because it's a time of the month that you're going through hormonal changes. And the narcissist uses these kind of techniques to convince the hurting victim that they are not hurting. And if you are subjected to this time after time, you will begin to believe it. They may even use the Bible and, and spirituality to their advantage, telling you that that everyone in the church is envious of your relationship that you have and that you're not really unhappy about the relationship. How could you? Others are envious of our relationship and that this is a spiritual attack from demons that is making you think that you're unhappy. And before you even know it, people who are in these kinds of relationship, they start believing that something must be wrong with me. How could I really think that I am unhappy when I am in fact happy with the relationship? And they might even try to convince themselves that, you know, they're, they're happy in the relationship that they're in. And so let's get to the third uh, gaslighting technique, that this, the, the third covert type of gaslighting technique. And this is what I call majoring on the minor. And so what happened in this strategy is that the, the narcissist takes a minor point in an argument and builds it up to be the main point and 
distract from the main issue that has been raised as a concern by their hurting partner. Let me give you an example of this. So, it might be a discussion about someone's drinking problem, for example. Let's say that the narcissist has a drinking problem and the hurting partner goes and start talking about the drinking and said, you know, it really was very hurtful to me that on our anniversary night, you came home from work drunk. It was so it was last Saturday Saturday night that you came home and I thought that we were going to have a wonderful time on Saturday night, but you came home drunk on that night and I was so hurt by that. But instead of getting an apology, the narcissist will pick on a flaw in that argument. So for example he or she might say, It's not Friday night, it's not Saturday night, it was Friday night. And that is that is what you always do you always make accusations that are not accurate. I was home on Friday night. We spent a wonderful time watching a movie on Friday night. Can't you remember that I was home early? And you said, I'm sorry, I'm, I meant Friday night. It, it, yes, I just mistake. It wasn't Saturday. It was Friday. And then the argument becomes about which day it was. Yes, it was Friday, but you said it was Saturday. And that's what it is. You always are accusing me of thing. And even though you might try Try to say, I am I'm sorry I made a mistake, but let's get back to your drinking problem. The argument becomes this one point that is exaggerated out of proportion. And now you start if you're not if you're not careful, you end up apologizing falling to the role reversal technique where you be begin to apologize to the narcissist for accusing them of not being home on Friday night, where the main issue is that they forgot the anniversary and they were not they were not home on the night of the anniversary. So this might take other forms as well. And so it might be that you use the wrong word in bringing about your concern. For example, you might say, you always do this. And they pick on the word always. And that becomes an issue. How can you say that I always do this when most of the time I am loving and caring? And even though it might be some big thing like, you know, like maybe even an affair, the, the point becomes the use of a word and you are corrected for your use of the English language and for using the wrong term. And that wrong term becomes a big issue. And the main issue, which can even be an affair that this person had, becomes minor. So they major on the minor. And so things become very confusing. So pay attention to that, that, that covert technique because it's used a lot. And the, the fourth the fourth uh, third part, the, the fourth technique is what I call the third party critique. And the third party critique, we, we saw a, a picture of that in the example that I gave of Karen and John. Notice what John said to her. He told her that her co-workers, his co-workers were wondering what's wrong with her. Why was she sitting at the table by herself all night when she could be dancing with John? And so as I explained in that first, in that first point, that Karen became 
confused and begin to feel guilty for leaving John alone when in fact she was the one abandoned. She was the one that was taken into a strange place, a strange environment where she should be introduced to his co-workers and taken on the dance floor. But instead, she felt guilty because she felt that John's co-workers were thinking that something is wrong with her. So narcissists often use this technique where they say someone else thinks badly of you. Someone else is wondering what's wrong with you. People in the youth group are wondering why you're always uh, picking on on the narcissist. Or people wonder why you look so unhappy and you're depressed all the time. And so this reference to the third party is a ploy that is making is used by the narcissist to make you feel that something is wrong with you and that you are the problem. However, if the person, the narcissist, cannot tell you the name of the person so you can verify it with them, it is most likely just a manipulative tactic. And so you should not pay any attention to what others are saying about you. But I see so many of my clients who become, who are in these types of relationship, who become distressed and depressed, thinking that people in their church and in their their, their Bible study group is thinking ill of them. And, and eventually it turns out that this was all a lie, that no one was actually saying this, but it's a strategy that is used by the narcissist to create confusion and to manipulate you into thinking that others are siding with them and that others see you as the problem in the relationship. Do not fall for the third-party critique technique. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Seven Covert Types of Gaslighting. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. The fifth type of narcissist, of, of, of covert narcissist strategy is what I call the forget and vanish strategy. So the forget and vanish strategy, as the name suggests, is where the narcissist, when you try to hold them accountable for something that they did or said, they will simply say, I cannot remember. And it could be as recent as two days ago that they, that they hurt you in this very plain and obvious way. And you said, remember when you call me these swear words in front of my friends and they will say, I, I have no recollection of that. I, I don't remember. You can even have bruises on your skin and saying, you grabbed me, you, you, you held me so tight and my hand, my, my hands has bruises and look at these marks and they will say, I, I just can't remember. I, I don't have 
any recollection of that. And the implication is that if it's not in their mind, if they cannot remember, it has vanished. It doesn't exist and it doesn't matter. And they are not going to apologize even if you have the bruises to show for it. Even if you have evidence that it happens, they will simply say, I just don't remember. I have no no recollection of that. Notice, they are not saying they are sorry. They are not validating your feelings. They are simply saying, I cannot remember. And this is a form of gaslighting. And so if this is happening in your relationship over and over where you have been hurt, Time and time again, it is important to understand that this is a very common strategy that is used to to help to deflect or to, to, to prevent from dealing with situations that are that should be dealt with and that the narcissist is trying to avoid. And and let me get to the, the, the next point. The next uh, the sixth a covert technique that is used by narcissists is what I call the fake epiphany. The fake epiphany. And this is where you have been speaking to the narcissist for quite a while about their behavior. You you have reached a point where you just cannot take this anymore and you have decided that you are you know, you're, you're finished with the relationship and you're going to move on. And so suddenly the narcissist has this epiphany that they have been neglecting the relationship and that they have been doing everything wrong and that they are going to give you everything that you needed in the relationship. They suddenly realize that they haven't been loving enough. They suddenly, they may even start remembering things. I don't know what was wrong with my memory, but now I remember that, you know, I I did that bad thing five years ago and you begin to feel this is what I have been waiting for my entire life. It is happening. Thank you, Jesus. This is now a miracle. It's happening. But it's a fake epiphany because this kind of 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 strategy is very common where the narcissist will give you a little bait to pull you back in. And when you fall for it and you think that this person has now had some kind of miraculous conversion, they have had this epiphany that all the time they have been wrong and you were right, and you fall back into the relationship, it won't be long until you notice that you are back in the same scenario where the same things that you were hurting start happening again. And so I've seen people who have been in this fake epiphany, fall in this fake epiphany trap time and time again. And so they they come to the point where they can't take it. They go back in, you know, based on the fake epiphany. The same things happen again. They go back in a second time, hoping that the, the person will change and they start having the same problems. And it happens over and over and over again. It's a fake epiphany. And the seven type of subtle or covert narcissist uh, types of gaslighting, type of gaslighting is what I call the grandiose generosity. 
And the grandiose generosity is where maybe after uh, a big fight or maybe after you are threatened to leave that you can't take this anymore. The person becomes very generous and they, they want to give you gifts. In some literature, it's called love bombing, where they're just giving you everything that you've ever asked for. You wanted a cottage, I'll buy the cottage, You whatever you want, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll build that addition to the home that I have been denying you for the last 20 years. They have suddenly become generous. And if you fall for this, then you're falling for the, 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 the grandiose generosity technique. We see an example of this in in Esther 3 and verse 9, where Haman appeared to be very generous to the king. He came to the king and he said, King, there are some people here that don't want to give you the worship that you deserve. And I want to make sure that everyone, that all people worship the king. As a matter of fact, king, I'm going to be giving you 10,000 Talent, 10,000 talent is a lot of money, right? You're talking about maybe millions in today's term. I'm going to be giving 10,000 talent to the purpose of having people obey and worship the king. But if we read the book of Esther, we will see that Haman was simply furthering his cause, the generosity was not to help the king. The generosity was to help himself. And so a lot of times when narcissists suddenly becomes generous and they have these, these grandiose gifts that they're giving to you, you should take a step back and ask yourself, why now? What is this about? Because it's not about you. It's not giving to you. It's giving to themselves. Self. There is something that they are getting out of that gift that they are giving you. So be careful of this fake, this, this grandiose generosity because so many people fall for it and then realize that they are in a trap because now they have been pulled back into a toxic situation and it's hard to get out of because of the gift that they have been given. So there you have it, the seven covert types of gaslighting. And let me just say that this show is not to diagnose anyone with narcissism. There are some people who have this, these tendencies that they may not be narcissists, but the behavior could be a narcissistic type of behavior. But it's not a clinical diagnosis that the person is a narcissist. So if you see any of these signs in your relationship, whether or not the person is a narcissist, these are concerning signs. They're also used by other manipulators as well. So I want to thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. I want to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. So be sure to be sure to join us next week when we will have another interesting show lined up for you. Next week's show we'll be talking about some of the things that you can do if you're in a narcissistic type relationship. What are some of the things 
things that you should do and must do to protect your mind, to protect your sanity, to protect your health, and to free yourself from the narcissistic control that you're under. So next week at 9.30. We also want to remind you that we are a not-for-profit organization that depends on your support to stay on the air. So if you have not yet... uh, not yet donated to this ministry, please consider doing so. Your donation helps us to stay on the air and also to provide subsidized counseling to those who are in need but might not be able to afford it. And so you can do so by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. You can also call us at one 544 3546 Your help would be greatly appreciated. We also want to remind you that these shows are posted to our YouTube channel. So if you miss the first part of this show or any of our other almost 300 shows that we have done, it's all uploaded to our YouTube channel. So if you just type in ELM Counseling Services in YouTube, you will see our channel and have access to all of this material that can be helpful to you. So again, I want to thank you so much for listening and also uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Life Transformation Show. But I also want to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel because this helps us to, to get the message across to others. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of ELM Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.